Welcome to the New York Lucis Trust Full Moon Meditation Meeting. Each month we work together as a group to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energy in the service of humanity and all life forms. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork at lucistrust.org, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T dot org. So we are now approaching the peak time of the full moon of Taurus. So let's visualize ourselves joining the gathering in the Wessex Valley and keying up our group vibration to resonate with the auric field of those great lives who attend the ceremony. All eyes will be fixed on the Buddha as he makes his annual appearance to transmit the purpose of the planetary Logos for the immediate time ahead. And though the Logos himself remains unseen, his attention will doubtless be on the event by means of his all-seeing eye through which he reviews at will all that is transpiring throughout his body of manifestation. Indeed, there are many unseen eyes watching over our planetary life. These silent watchers take many forms, from the solar angels who overshadow each and every one of us, to the adepts and their ashrams, who silently impress the energies of the divine plan on the new group of world servers as opportunity arises. Then there are the watchers who look on from the highest planetary center, Shambhala, and higher still, on extraplanetary levels, great beings await humanity's spiritual awakening so that their energies can be safely transmitted into the human kingdom. We cultivate a period of sustained inner silence around the time of the Wessak full moon and emulate these silent watchers, in our case, watching the flow of our thoughts and feelings, but remaining detached from them as we prepare for active engagement with the energies released at the time of the full moon. Through the silent tension of this preparation, we put ourselves in touch not only with the soul, but with the spirit aspect, whose presence awaits our contact and invocation. From our human perspective, The spirit aspect is a silent watcher in its own right. For as the theosophist de Perica wrote, following the same rule of repetitive action in nature, there is a silent watcher for every man, his own inner God, the Buddha within him, which is the core of his being the origin of the fundamental law 
or consciousness of his hierarchical structure. And there is a silent watcher for every atom, as the entire framework of cosmos is built throughout on correspondences and repetitives, there are no absolutes anywhere, and everything is strictly relative to everything else. The divine of one hierarchy is actually grossest matter to another far superior hierarchy. But within one and the other, the repetitive rule applies very strictly because nature has one general and throughout repeated course of action. Paruka says that a human being's own silent watcher, the inner Buddha, is himself and yet not himself. It is the solitary spiritual entity who will not go higher alone and who reproduces, as from a source, every new re-embodiment of the man as a human soul. He continues, as the Pythagoreans phrased it, the highest triad remains in silence and darkness, and verily is the root of our being. It is silence and darkness to us, but actually our human life is the darkness. In its own being, this upper triad is supernal light, unspeakable glory, and its silence is such to us only because our ears are not trained to hear what there takes place. So this seems a, a good moment to pause for silence and to reflect on the preparations being made by thousands and thousands of individuals and groups across the world. And then we'll say together the Gayatri.
the Gayatri. O thou, who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return, unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. These opening thoughts on those who observe human activity on the lower planes of evolution lead us to consider how humanity might in turn learn to observe the activities of those who operate on the higher planes of evolution. As long as humanity searches for truth through physical sight alone, only that which veils this inner reality will be found. For the inner realms can only be seen as an instrument of vision that operates in the corresponding frequency and bandwidth. And the eye holds many secrets, but discoveries are being made all the time. And last year, Scientists detected a new visual capacity of the human eye, previously thought to be possible to detect only by a computer, known, sorry, a computer technique known as ghost imaging. As we know, the human eye sees objects by the light that is reflected from them but computer programs can build up images of objects from light that is reflected in the invisible parts of the spectrum. Exper experiments have revealed, however, that human eyes have the capacity to see beyond the visible spectrum. And these researchers now think that our eyes and brains have yet undiscovered superpowers for viewing the world around us and can be trained to see that which is currently invisible. This we would call etheric vision, the ability to see in the finer matter of the physical plane. Etheric vision isn't a psychic faculty it is a natural but latent function of the physical eye, which has an inherent capacity to see the much finer gradations of etheric substance. The physical eye has its counterpart in all our 
on all the subtle vehicles too, as would be expected. And these can be utilized by the awakening of a center of energy between the physical eyes, known as the Ajna center. And when the Ajna center is consciously employed as an instrument of vision, God or spirit will be clearly seen working on the inner side of life, within all forms. For as the Christ said, when thine eye is single, thy whole body is full of light. In Esoteric Psychology, Volume 1, we read, the three words, electricity, light, and love, express divinity, and their synthesis is God. The lowest aspect we are now using, and of it we are increasingly aware. The second aspect of light is on the point of revelation through the right understanding of electrical phenomena. So this lies a clue for us to the new age, the age of light, of illumination and of revelation. And the esotericists of the world will understand a little of that. And in their hands, the Tibetans said, lies the training of humanity so that it may use that true vision and learn to use the single eye. The single eye, the unalloyed desire, the consecrated purpose, and the ear that turns in deafness to all the earth's noise is the goal towards which all the disciples of the world are aspiring towards. Of course, this does not mean becoming deaf and blind to human suffering, but keeping in sight the larger vision of the plan of light, of love, that streams from the heart of the sun. It also means keeping attuned to the instructive sounds that reverberate down the plains from those who are guiding planetary evolution. In this connection, another recent discovery has shown that vision and hearing are more closely related than was thought, and the visual cortex listens while it processes information. Scientists at the University of Glasgow have discovered that the area of the brain that takes up and processes vital visual information simultaneously uses auditory signals. A second experiment showed that even imagined image images in the absence of both sight and sound evoked activity in the early visual cortex. So when we consider this in connection with the discovery of the eye's potential to see beyond the visible spectrum, we can see that the human instrument is set up to penetrate into the inner worlds. And what is still considered psychic hocus-pocus will be rational science in times to come. 
as well as seeing, the eye also directs energy, as we know, when we become aware of someone staring at us. And the Ajna Center, the eye of the mind, as well as seeing into the inner realms, is the means by which the light of those realms is directed into the outer world of human activity. And one of the initial methods of bringing the mind's eye into functioning activity is through the use of seed thoughts and meditation. And this was discussed recently in an arcane school letter to students, which some of you may recall. To understand this activity, we can take an example, the second part of the keynote of the conference, Know, Express, Reveal, Destroy and Resurrect. As the structure, the quality and the meaning of a seed thought like this is pondered repeatedly and regularly, a pattern of inner light builds up in the mind even though there may only be a dim awareness of it. As the mind's eye is brought to rest upon these gathering forces of light, day by day, they steadily become more defined, more alive, and more dynamic. Eventually, the seed thought feels so magnetic that we enter into a state of contemplation. We no longer think about it with the lower mind. Instead, the whole of our being simply bathes in its lighted energy as it showers its qualities and virtues on the personality. And through the daily practice of meditation, an area of magnetic tension gradually develops in the head itself, shaping etheric matter into an organ of inner sight, referred to often as the eye of Shiva. And as this all-seeing eye opens, the initiate can see inwardly and then direct energy outwardly with precision. An agent of the divine will is born, eventually to see as the adept sees, in the words of St. Columba, some there are, though very few, to whom divine grace has granted this, that they can clearly and most distinctly see at one and the same moment as though under one ray of the sun. Even the entire circuit of the whole world with its surroundings of ocean and sky, the innermost part of their mind being marvelously enlarged. So while we are only concerned with the early stages of this arcane process, it is inspiring to contemplate the powers of the mind, which will naturally unfold in the whole of humanity during the course of evolution. And those who are undergoing esoteric training accelerate this process by the potency of their thought and spiritual meditation. For the third eye unfolds gradually but naturally, and a new world of light is steadily revealed. 
The advice given by many Arabs on how to hasten this process was passed on by William Judge, the Theosophist, who wrote, Every day and as often as you can and upon going to sleep and as you wake, think, think, think on the truth that you are not body, brain or astral man, but that you are that and that is the supreme soul. For by this practice you will gradually kill out the false notion which lurks inside that the false is the true and the true the false. By persistence in this, by submitting your daily thoughts each night to the judgment of your higher self, you will at last gain light. This simple advice is testimony to the fact that the goal of evolution, as far as humanity is concerned, is the development of the sense of sight leading to enlightenment. And while esoteric doctrines say that in the earlier races, the inner eye was once a physiological organ, and that later on, owing to the gradual disappearance of spirituality and the increase of materiality, it became an atrophied organ, the pineal gland. This was in line with evolutionary plans, for involution into matter is the first and necessary stage of evolution. And the time is approaching for this inner eye to be reactivated and assume its natural function, but on a higher turn of the spiral and with more wisdom than was the case in earlier races. Now the greatest impediment in the way of spiritual development and the acquirement of inner powers, especially, is the over-dominant activity of our physiological senses. There are so many obstacles and hindrances to the development of inner vision and access to the world of meaning that it reveals, and each zodiacal sign highlights one of these obstacles, as well as the means to overcome it. Taurus symbolizes the blind force of bullish desire and selfish will in action. And the higher influence of Taurus conveys one-pointed dynamic qualities which make the sign a bestower of light. Referring to the words on the school conference program, what the eye, the inner eye, reveals to us through evolution is the sublime plan of deity. And the plan is a source of meaning, of spiritual order, and of group inspiration. And this thought really focuses the mind, directing it to share the hierarchy's work to implement divine intent. For the vision of the plan as given in the Alice Bailey writings, for example, are so full of inspiration and beauty. They convey a sense of awe over the divine potential of all human beings on this arduous but magnificent journey of rediscovery. The soul enlightens our perception of the plan 
through the illumined mind. And then we can begin to see and to work towards its expression on the physical plane so that it can be recognized consciously by humanity as a whole. And it's a beautiful visualization to see ourselves and everyone else as this living, unfolding plan. All awakening in various degrees and stages to new vistas with possibilities to go beyond this often painful and harsh reality which is living on this planet. And we can take the opportunity while working in the energies of Taurus to utilize its powers as a catalyst for transformation under the creative plan. Amidst the current upheavals and the willful suffering inflicted by some groups and individuals, the group of world servers works. This group is the eye of illumination for human consciousness at this time, enlightening and preparing the way for incoming Aquarian influences, which permeate the spiritual kingdom and which will revolutionize our perceptions as well as our relationships to each other and to all other kingdoms. And as a group, it powers its light one-pointedly towards the hierarchy and towards humanity, and by its collective meditation on resolving current global problems, the new group of world servers is progressively entering into the rhythm of the ongoing planetary meditation, which is another name for the plan. In the rays and initiations, the goal ahead is said to be the attainment of non-separateness, with a secondary goal being to reveal the nature of reality. So the esoteric perspective always seems to turn things on their head, removing from view all self-referencing. The hard part of this, of course, is to achieve this non-separateness within and for ourselves while simultaneously facilitating the same sense of planetary unity in humanity. The Buddha was a great revealer in this process of rendering the mind a sheer, sheer sheet, uh, sorry, a clear sheet of glass in order to see the reality of oneness. His techniques of dispassion, detachment, and discrimination help to sweep away all the veils and hindrances to this. And the underlying message is simple. Before we can truly see, we have to free ourselves from the many forms of desire that impede our vision. As we work to discover the new range of contacts and relationships that can only be seen in the light of the soul, we can stimulate within ourselves a sense of expectancy, for a new world is now being conceived by many. It's being actively looked for, and when the eye of the soul is opened, it will be seen to be more real than the world 
that is revealed by the five senses. And this new light is on its way. And let us open our minds and hearts to receive it. Well, it's now time to link up for our group meditation, visualizing the gathering in the Wessex Valley awaiting the Buddha's appearance. We'll be using the keynote for Taurus, I see, and when the eye is opened, all is light. You should have the meditation in your packs if you don't know it. It's headed the three spiritual festivals. As we go through, as we go through this meditation, I'll say the stages out aloud, and we'll say together the stage of group fusion, the lower interlude, and the great invocation. But if you don't want to read the meditation, I'll be reading the various stages as we go along. We have this wonderful opportunity to be meditating at the time of the festival. So at 5.11 p.m., when the full moon is at its peak, I'll... with the gong. <laughs> Perhaps we'll just take a few moments of silence at that point too. Letting in the light. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I, <clears throat> I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, towards the great ashram of Santa Kamara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy.
extend the line of light toward Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. We hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
meditation, reflect on the seed thought, I see, and when the eye is opened, all is light.
precipitation using the creative imagination we visualize the energies of light love and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest we use the sixfold progression of divine love as a sequence of energy precipitation shambhala hierarchy the christ the new group of world servers men and women of goodwill physical centers of distribution lower interlude we refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram in the center of all love i stand from that center i the soul will outward move from that center I the one who serves will work may the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart through my group and throughout the world we visualize the dawn pouring spiritual inflow released from shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher
As the great invocation is sounded, we visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men. Let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you for your participation in this group service. Please join us again next month. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork at lucistrust.org.